Hey, happy Labor Day, everybody. Really happy to see you in this room or watching online, a couple hundred of you watching online right now. So welcome in here to Calvary Church Santa Ana and to the brave souls of you that are out in the pizza oven of the courtyard. Well done. Uh, You deserve a lot of props and and there's plenty of seats here. So come on inside if you're starting to melt uh, out there. Uh, If you're visiting with us, either online or physically here on the campus, welcome, welcome. We're so thankful for you to take a risk and and to jump into a new place. Like my buddy Elder is here today. So Elder works out with my wife Marie and I at a gym in Orange. I've been inviting you, Elder, for two years. Marie invited you one time and you said yes to her. So thank you very much, my brother, for that. But I'm glad you're here, so glad. Love you. And also I wanna say hi to Paul back there, originally from Dublin, now living in Costa Mesa. Thanks for taking the drive from the 55. Uh, to get up here. And so welcome. And all of you that are checking out Calvary Church, we pray that you encounter Jesus here today. A couple more shout outs too. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Tom Baylor. So Tom is what I would say is our leading Old Testament expert here at Calvary Church. He went to Dallas Theological Seminary, just a man of wisdom, and he helped shape Uh, my message I'm going to give today from Proverbs 31. So anything good you hear from this message is probably from Tom. So so thank you for working with me on that, Tom. And then maybe you saw the email this week, but Jim McCarty. Uh, Just so thankful for Jim and his life, his impact here at Calvary Church, his pastoring of so many of us. He and his wife celebrate, Betsy, celebrate 50 years, September 16th, I believe it is. So I'm thankful for them. As well as... uh, Uh, Jim, a year ago this month, had serious heart surgery, and so now he's a year out from that. So just praising the Lord that God's been faithful to restore him, to bring him to health, and then to minister here at Calvary Church. And so my heart is full just thinking of some of the people that I just mentioned and thinking of you as you hear this message here today. So we're going to go to Proverbs 31. It's in the Old Testament, so you can turn there now if you can. It's after the book of Psalms before you get to Ecclesiastes. In the Bibles in the seat rack in front of you, it is, let's see here, page 393. So if that would help you, 393. This is the last proverb of the book of Proverbs. There's 31 proverbs in this book. We haven't had the chance to touch on every single one in the three months of this summer study, but we've covered a lot of the major themes. And today we'll revisit one of the themes that's throughout the book of Proverbs. So I'm excited to end this series with this final one, Proverbs 31. Specifically, we'll be going uh, verse 10 through 31. So if you have your phone, Bible, you can turn there. But before we jump into this proverb, I thought it'd be fun for us to do just a quick recap of where we've been over the last three months. If you would have asked me as we started this series, The Way of Wisdom, Matt, how do you feel about the book of Proverbs? I would have told you it's a good book. It's inspired by God, part of the, the, the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. Yeah, it, it's good. But if you ask me if I loved the book of Proverbs, if I was like really honest with you, even though I'm one of your pastors, I'd probably say, like, eh, it's okay. Like there's a lot of like pithy sayings, like do this and then do that. It's kind of hard to read all in sequence. I have changed in the last three months. I love this book. It has spoken to me in so many profound ways, and I hope it has for you as well. And if you forgot all of it, (laughs) it's okay. Watch this clip. Maybe you'll be reminded. Check it out. 
put your gaze fixed on Jesus. Read about Jesus. Reflect on the life Jesus has lived. Reflect on his words throughout the scriptures. He is creator God and he is savior God. He is God himself. And so fix your eyes upon him and you will know wisdom that the good wisdom from the scriptures is being twisted and misunderstood, and we have to make sure we're not clustering in our own little Christian subcultural huddle. Oh, the world is so evil, and I'm going to... No, we have to do anything possible to see the scriptural truth of wisdom be out there, starting with our kids and our grandkids, but, you know, and our, and our friends. See, friends, don't ever forget this throughout this whole series and all these different parts and pieces that you're hearing. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. We're like, here's a sin issue, here's a moral issue, here's a physical issue, here's something that's keeping me from God. If I can get past this, I can then be in God's presence when the reality is God wants to stand right next to us and face those things together. And we walk in them together and he restores our soul. Put pictures on Facebook when really good things happen because then years later the memories will come back up and they will remind you of that. Write them in a journal, celebrate them, create your own holidays. Eric has encouraged us to do that. Make stuff up. Do what you need to do to remind yourselves of those victories because a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Only Jesus can cleanse you from sexual sin. Only Jesus can give you the strength to say no to temptation in the future. Only the living water will give you what you need for today. Amen? This is the hope that we have. And so if you walk out of here going, I got to do better, and I got to do more, or I'm a failure, or I'm shame, you've not heard about Jesus. Jesus is the living water. When you get together, when you connect with people, it's not enough just to be there. But you have to take the step to be vulnerable. And it's as simple as this. Tell someone how you're really doing, how you're really feeling. Share with them the reality of what it means to be you. Open up the internal world. Do it. Let's continue to do the amazing work that we've been called to do of raising up disciples, of ourselves submitting to the truth leaning into obedience, putting into practice the words that we have been given. Let us call others to imitate us, just as we are imitating the go, those who go before us. And let's center our path on the person of Jesus Christ, the only way, the only way, the only truth, the only life. Discipleship is the mission of the church, and we get to do it with him. And then I encourage you to go to step two into recommitment and say, Lord, if there's anything else in my heart that I have not yet purged out, that, has, that I have not yet fessed up to, if there's any other things in my life that need a light shine on, shined on them, reveal those to me so that I can recommit myself to you, that I can replace my trust in you and you alone. So whether you identify as an ant or a lazy bones, both look to the same one, and that's Jesus. Let's not forget that. Sometimes in the Proverbs, it can be easy just to walk away going, I gotta do more and I gotta do better. I want us to understand that we ultimately, all of us, look to Christ. We're called to build that community wherever we are. 
We're called to bring light where darkness exists. Is there any darkness at your job? <laughs> bring the light of Jesus there. And then finally, we're called to enjoy a, a rhythm of work and Sabbath. Both work hard, but also rest, just like the Lord did in creation. We've got some work to do. But the good news is, we can practice. And in the practicing, yes, it starts off a little bit difficult. But then, you and I, we get really good at it. And then if we do that, the world's better because of it. And maybe, just maybe, this is my hope and prayer, and it's been this for 34 years. Then people will see Jesus in us. been a rich and fruitful study of this book of Proverbs. So let's look now at Proverbs chapter 31, beginning in verse 10 and reading to the end of the book. It says this, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spends it. She's like a merchant ship, bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates, where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And so this was written thousands of years ago, but this still matters here today in 2022. And so I want us to look at both the obvious teaching here and then maybe the not so obvious teaching of what we find here in Proverbs 31, which connects to the larger theme of the book. So let's first dive into what's the obvious teaching here? Well, it's talking about a virtuous woman. I call her here the, the woman of valor. So we'll go back to verse 10 here. It says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. This word virtuous in the original language of Proverbs 31, the Hebrew language, 
This word virtuous uh, can have several different meanings. Here in the New Living Translation, which I read from, uh, they uh, translate this word to mean virtuous. But when I think of the word virtuous, I kind of think of another V word, the, uh, like a Victorian era. So maybe you've seen a, a, a picture of what ladies looked like in, in that era, dignified and speaking in broke accents. But this word virtuous has a little bit more power than just thinking of uh, Elizabethan era. This word virtuous actually probably better represents in the original language, a soldier. The idea here is eshat hayil, which means woman of, it can mean valiant, valor, warrior, a noble person, a woman, a noble woman, a strong woman, an excellent woman. Ladies, do you like this definition a little bit better? It's the idea that you are a warrior. You are a woman of valor. And we'll get into why that is so important even in this life, in this world that we live in. So I'm going to go with the word valor rather than the word virtuous for our teaching's sake. When you look at this passage here, you see that this woman of valor blesses a lot of different people. Her life is just not lived for herself. The scriptures say here that she blesses her husband. She blesses her home and all that's within it. She blesses the the greater community. This, This soldier warrior woman is a blessing really to everyone that she comes in contact with. Today in Israel or in an Orthodox Jewish home, when they celebrate Shabbat, which happens on sundown of Friday, they'll often recite to the woman of the home, the matriarch or the wife or even the oldest daughter, they'll recite Proverbs 31, 10 through 31 over her, reminding her of this is who you are. You're a blessing. You're created to be a blessing to to everyone that you come in contact with. But I started listing even some modern ways that uh, this woman is described here in Proverbs 31, uh, 10 through 31, and it's a daunting list, my sisters. (laughs) Let me just read some of these things to you. The woman of value here in Proverbs 31 is a clothing designer. She's an exporter of international foods. She's an expert chef. She's a real estate developer. She's a farmer. She's physically strong and always full of energy. And I've looked at the text about 17 times. There's no mention of coffee in this passage. She is a businesswoman who always operates in profit. She is an early riser and a night owl. She is a seamstress who, by the way, makes her own furniture and puts together her own household bedding. She serves the poor. She always wears fashionable clothes. She's never anxious. She always says the right thing with kindness. Her children adore her, and they always get whatever they need from her. Her husband is never critical of her and always praises her. Wives, if you're next to your husband, just kind of just do this to him real quick. Does this woman exist in the world? No. My sisters, if you're feeling as you read through Proverbs 31 here today, 
any type of, I gotta do more, I gotta do better, as even you saw in the video, you're, you're hearing the wrong message here today. What's being described here in Proverbs 31 about this woman of valor is that this idea that she's just a blessing to others. She's a blessing. Wherever she goes, she's not about herself, she's about others. Whether that's her in her home, her spouse, and in her community. But it all leads up to a really key verse in verse 30 of Proverbs 31. This is what all this leads to. Because Proverbs 31 is not a prescription, ladies. It's more of a description of what verse 30 is talking about. This is a famous passage that maybe you've had seen on bulletin boards or quoted online, but it says this in Proverbs 31:30. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. I've translated that word charm in the original language to our modern language to basically mean that popularity and favor. So being popular is deceiving. When you work so hard to be recognized and favored by others, it's not only hard work, but it's actually deception. Not everyone will like you or wants to like you. And then it says here that beauty is, in some translations, vain. Here it says does not last. This idea that popularity and beauty, they're temporarily at best. But my sisters, there is a war for your soul and your mind here in 2022. And this war says that you need to put all your effort and energy and strength to being liked and to being beautiful. Our culture hammers you with this message 24-7. Just on Instagram, scrolling social media, this message is screaming out to you. Wherever you go, my sisters, this is the lie that you're being fed. It's all about being liked and about outward beauty. That's why in this culture, we need some women soldiers. We need some valored women that would go against culture and understand that this is a spiritual war and they wouldn't buy into the lies of the war maker, which is Satan himself, and instead they would respond to and hear truth from God. Our world is looking for people who want to be less like Kim Kardashian and more like Jesus. And women, this is your challenge. Be a woman of valor. But also, don't get caught up in this huge list of like, all right, I got to go sell some property. I got to, I got to go make filet mignon. Um, I got to design my own clothes. Uh, I got to be an early morning person and a night out. Does that person exist? Is there anybody here that is both a morning and a night person? I may righteously hate you right now. This, I can't believe that. that's amazing. You guys are, uh, this is not a list. It's not a list for you to start checking off and going, okay, here's what I have to do by next Mother's Day. The heart behind Proverbs 31 here is that you need to be a woman 
of valor, fighting against spiritual war. And you need to understand that the way to do this is to fear God, is to fear the Lord. This is the mega theme of all of the book of Proverbs. Go back to chapter 1. I mean, you can put your finger in Proverbs 31 and go back to chapter 1, verse 7. In Proverbs chapter 1, the opening of this book, Eric walked us through this, it feels like, years ago. In June, we talked through Proverbs 1-7, which says this, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fear God, my sisters, fear the Lord. Then in the middle of the book, Proverbs chapter 9. The first nine chapters of Proverbs are all about fear versus folly. I mean, um, uh, following God, fearing God, and then choosing not to fear God and, and walk in folly. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says this, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. So the opening chapter of Proverbs says, fear God. The middle of Proverbs says, fear God. And now we come to one of the last lines in Proverbs 3130, which says, fear God. Now I'm slow, went to public school, but uh, I understand the theme here, right? Fear the Lord. What does it mean to fear the Lord? About 10 years ago, I was setting up for an event here at Calvary, and it was really early in the morning. It was still dark out. And I was putting some stuff uh, up for this event. It was like a breakfast thing we were doing, and I needed more tables. I hadn't thought through how many tables we were going to need for this event. And so it's still dark, as I'm saying, and I go, oh, you know what? There's tables out in our storage area, which is kind of closer to uh, Tustin Avenue here on the campus. And so, okay, I'll go get some more tables. So I'm walking in the dark, open the gate, get back to our storage area. No one really goes back there much during the week. Um, and in this shed is the tables. I know they're in there. And so I pull up, it's one of those rolling doors, right? So I unlock it and I roll up this rolling door of the shed. And as I'm halfway up to rolling it up, it's still dark, looking for these tables. There's someone sleeping in the shed. And I don't know if you've ever kind of wondered in your own life, like what would I do in a moment where I'm really scared? Would I fight? Would I flight? Or would you do what I did and you just simply scream? <laughs> I'm opening the door, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> and, and there was a guy sleeping in the shed, and he did the same thing that I did, which actually made me feel a little bit better. He went, ah! <laughs> we both are screaming, scared, fear at one another. And so I step back, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he looks at me, and he goes, what are you doing? <laughs> and we both just kind of stared at each other for about another 10 seconds trying to figure and assess the situation. Ended up, he was okay, I was okay, I got my tables, we moved on. <laughs> so, he's still not there if you're wondering if that's the case, he's moved on. We actually are friends today. But, that's one type of fear. Surprise, scared, not sure what's gonna happen next. Here's another type of fear. It's my buddy Sean Mitchell here, took this photo. If you can show this next photo. 
Sean loves taking photos of military aircraft. And I don't know if you've ever been to Huntington Beach Air Show or down to Miramar or other places, but if you've ever experienced the power of a military jet flying over your head, it is incredible, isn't it? We were down in Huntington Beach last year and we were sitting on the hood of our car. And I don't know, I wanna say it's the Blue Angels, I don't know exactly who it was, but this, this whole squadron of planes, Sean, I'm gonna butcher the names of this, but just flew over our head and it was like, I can't even do it justice, but, but you understand, like, it literally felt it rocking through our jaws, just the power of these planes. And I had just a couple thoughts in that moment. This is awesome. And our country is really safe <laughs> if these are the type of people who are protecting us. But you, you think of that type of fear, it's more awe, reverence, awesomeness, respect. That's the type of fear of the Lord that the book of Proverbs is talking about. Not a cowering, scared, I, I can't look. No, it's more of like, wow, our God is amazing and powerful and grand and awesome and bigger than any of our problems. Amen? Amen. This is our God. If you want to dive, this is a little teaser, but if you want to dive into this whole topic of fear of the Lord, there's a great book that I came across. It's only like 80 pages, which is helpful for me when it's a short book, but by Michael Reeves um, from um, Scotland. And uh, you can see this on the, maybe take a photo of it or just write this down. Um, this would be a great book to pick up, Fear of the Lord. So this theme goes throughout the book, fear God. The beginning, the foundation, even the end of wisdom is to fear the Lord. Here in Proverbs 31, it uses the example of a woman of valor. But there's even a much bigger story that's happening here in Proverbs 31. It's this idea that wisdom is personified in this woman of valor. But wisdom is bigger than just the example that's mentioned here. Proverbs 31 is really about the blessings of being married to wisdom. The first nine chapters, as I mentioned, are all about this idea of are you going to choose to fear God or are you going to choose foolishness? In Proverbs chapter 7, uh, foolishness is personified as a, a prostitute. And this prostitute comes out into the city square and beckons you into her home entices you with all kinds of flattery language. But then in Proverbs says that it says, ultimately entering into her home will lead to death. Proverbs 8 then contrasts that by saying, this is the lady of wisdom, so to speak. Covenant yourself, attach yourself, commit yourself to wisdom. And then in Proverbs 9, it's this idea that both the lady of wisdom and the lady of foolishness, of folly, cry out. Again, remember, this is a father talking to a son. So he's picturing the son at this crossroads. Which way will I go? To foolishness or to fear of the Lord and wisdom? Let me take a step back and 
I'll try to catch you guys up here. Proverbs 31 is poetry. The whole book of Proverbs, the genre is poetry. It's not a narrative like the Gospel of Luke, which we're going to go into in 2022 or 2023. I can't wait to study that book as a church. Uh, It's poetry, though. And so in poetry, you have some artistic license, particularly here in Proverbs 31. Verses 10 through 31 is an acrostic poem. And what it does is it uses the 22 letters of the ancient Hebrew alphabet. And it starts each line from verse 10 to 31 with a different letter from the Hebrew alphabet. And so it's communicating to us beauty and art and that this poet, this poem has a deeper meaning. Starts with a left, that's how I pronounce it, first letter in the ancient Hebrew alphabet. Then it goes to bet, a left bet, alpha bet. It's originally, and then the Greeks take that to mean alpha and then beta. So it's the beginning here, and then it goes all the way to the end in verse 31 with the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And then back to verses 10, 11, and 12. I want you now to read these verses with the idea of wisdom in mind and this call to a son to marry wisdom. If you can go to the slide, it says, verse 10, who can find a virtuous and capable wife personified in wisdom? She is more precious than rubies. When when you attach yourself to wisdom, it's more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her. You can trust the the path that wisdom will take you down. And she will greatly enrich your life. When you walk wisely, your life will be enriched. It says she will bring you good, not harm, all the days of your life. When you covenant, when you commit, when you marry wisdom, it will produce good fruit in your life. Kind of like some of the things listed in verses 10 through 31. So again, it's this idea of which will you choose, Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly? In the Hebrew, both of these words are feminine words. And so it would be common in, in their culture to, to attribute them to, to females. And then poetically, to put that here in verse thir- chapter 31 as a woman of valor. Are you following me or are you guys, have you had your coffee yet? Are you okay? You're good with me? We're on the same page here. Okay, we can talk later if I lost you in the last five minutes. But here's the idea. You have a woman of valor who fears the Lord. My sisters do that. But there's a bigger message here. And that is all of us are called to commit covenant, marry wisdom. So each of us has paths to go in our life. What will we choose? Picture yourself at the beginning of this path and you can go right and go down the path of folly, foolishness, apart from God. Or you can go this way towards wisdom, the foundation that is ultimately God. Now, it makes sense on a Sunday. I said this a couple weeks ago. It makes sense to walk in integrity on a Sunday. It's a lot harder on a Monday at your job. On a Sunday morning, it makes sense to go, oh, I'm always going to choose the path of wisdom. But 
When relationships get messy, boy, that path of folly becomes very tempting. (laughs) When the circumstances of our lives get overwhelming, boy, that path of foolishness is just inviting us. I don't know if it was um, just the weather this last few days, but I've just been getting the sense as I've been talking to people that a lot of us are having just a hard week. I have been struggling relationally, just kind of in life, circumstances. Many of us, even in this room, I know are feeling overwhelmed by, by lots of things. In those moments, it can be easy to, to turn towards the path of folly. Take, take things into your own control. So when relationships get messy, when when circumstances are hard, and when it feels like God is not showing up, when it feels like God is late, when it feels like you're waiting on God and you don't see any movement, it can be easy to go towards your own path, to depart from God and choose the way of foolishness. This is all of our temptations. This is all of our battles. From the women of valor to the men of valor. This is the spiritual battle that takes place in our lives every single day, every single moment. The book of Proverbs, and and right here in chapter 31, is saying when you covenant yourself to wisdom, when you attach yourself to wisdom, when you marry wisdom, so to speak, it's the right way to go. You'll be blessed for it. You'll honor God for it. That's ultimately the way to to fear the Lord. But here's the encouragement. You and I so many times have chosen Lady Folly. Because of whatever fill in the blank, we've chosen to do our own thing. And that's why I love that this summer, the name of Jesus has been mentioned so many times in this series on Proverbs. Because ultimately, Jesus is our hope when we take the wrong path. And then Jesus is our foundation when we pursue wisdom. It says in the wonderful book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse 24, it says this, Christ is the power of God and what does it say? The wisdom of God. We can lean into, we can rest in Jesus when we take the wrong path, when we go wayward. Trust that he will direct us back and transform us. Later in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, it says this, God has united you with Christ Jesus. This is for those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Christ has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. You see, Jesus lived the life that none of us could live. Jesus took the path of wisdom and never diverted from it. Because ultimately he is Wisdom. It goes on in verse 30 to say this Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. He freed us from sin. Is that good news? 
That's such good news right there. We've been inviting you in this way of wisdom to fear God, pursue his path, but then ultimately to place our trust in Jesus Christ. So here's what I'm going to do right now. Maybe you're at a place where you're not sure if you've ever had your sins forgiven once and for all from Jesus Christ. Make today the day. Make today the day that you say, Jesus, I place my trust in you. I've gone the the path of folly for too long. Today I place my trust in you. Jesus as the leader, the Lord of my life, the saver, the forgiver of my sins once and for all. And so can we in just a moment of prayer, just close your eyes. I promise I won't do anything weird. (laughs) Just close your eyes. Moment of reflection. Where do you stand with God? If you're not sure, if you're not sure that you've ever placed your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ, the very definition of wisdom, let this moment, before we take communion, be the day that you make for sure that you've placed your trust in him. Simply say something like this in your own words, your own prayer to God. God, I know that I've taken the path of folly. I know that I've sinned against you, a holy God. I've feared people more than I've feared you, God. God, I acknowledge my sin I know the consequences to sin are grave. Separation for eternity from you, hell. In this moment, Jesus, I acknowledge that you are the Messiah. You are my savior, the forgiver of my sins. God, I ask you to be the leader of my life here today moving forward. Transform me, place me on the path of of wisdom and you, Jesus. If this is your prayer today, I'm not gonna like make you stand up or shine a spotlight on you, but I just want you to raise your hand just as like a way to encourage you and just kind of put your stake in the ground that, hey, today's the day I place my faith in Jesus. Cool, that's cool. Wow. Amen. For those that have just done that, we're going to take communion in a moment. And you take communion today not to forgive your sins, but to acknowledge what Jesus has just done. You take communion today as a child of God. How cool. And then finally, before we take communion, the scriptures say, examine yourself. Maybe you've been a believer for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Examine your life right now. Have you diverted because you, you grew impatient with God or, or circumstances have overwhelmed you or, or it just seems to make sense in your own way. Maybe you've diverted to the path of fools. Repent of that today. Invite the Lord to transform you, renew you. Recommit to him right now. So let's sing, and then we'll take communion in a moment.